Welcome to Brit Happens. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Brit Happens is an interview-based audio show where successful entrepreneurs, professionals, and thought leaders discuss how they've navigated unexpected career curveballs and turned setbacks into wins and stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Our purpose is not just to identify the issues and obstacles, but dive into the thought processes and tactics that can be deployed to overcome challenges all of us face. What I do is teach people how to fish. It's a skill. So this is skill acquisition. This is not jackpot, you hit the lotto, and every day is gonna be a, be a winning day. It just doesn't work like that. And if you're in a situation where it's seeming like that, it's just a matter of time before you're gonna have some real problems. I'll be scrolling and I'll see an InstaThought who one day was selling waist trainers and swimming tees, and then all of a sudden, in her bio, she's a forex. Can you help bridge the gap? Of course, that frustrates me. This is something I've been doing for 15 years now, and Forex is an entire market, right? So there are governments, multinational organizations, banks, individuals, corporations, all trading money, like bringing money back from overseas and then whatever the commerce is locally, they're transacting. Money flowing all around every single day. And right now, the Forex market is about $5 trillion a day. So it's $5 trillion a day moving around the world. And so uh, what you see is multi-level marketing companies, aka network marketing companies, and their business model, just like all the rest of the network marketing companies is, hey, you go get three more people, you get three more people, and it's kind of this recruiting thing. And you do see some people that are trading, but what, what I have personally seen and the clients that have come to me from network marketing companies, they have no idea what they're doing. This is a serious business, right? So we're talking about money, we're talking about finance, we're talking about trading your, your capital that you worked hard for. And you're trading against some of the best people in the world doing this, right? So they're not, they, they don't quite understand the risk associated with it and how to manage so it's not necessarily this risky thing if you know how to manage it. It's like most things, if you know what you're doing, it's not necessarily risky. So there are ways to limit that, but from what I've seen and what I've experienced, they're not being educated about these things. Hey, Al. Hey. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to share. I'm really happy that you're here in the midst of the Rona. Wild times. <laughs> We have with us Al Pickett, who is the founder of The Black Print, and I'm going to let him go into more detail, but he is a real estate finance veteran, and he has a private investment firm with an emphasis on trading currency trends. For everyone out there who wants to know in layman terms, what do you do for a living? I say it simply, I buy what's going up and I sell what's going down. And, um, and so that, all of that manifests itself in, in, in trends and the way that I explain it to people is intuitively when they're driving past the gas station, if I ask you right now what a gas price is doing, what would you say? They're going down. Right. So intuitively, you didn't have to think about it. You would have to pull up anything. You drive past the gas station and you know from week to week that gas prices are going down. And so the way that I explain what I do to people is if we go back, say, four weeks, and we put a data point on one week. What's today? Today is Tuesday. So four Tuesdays in a row, and we draw a line through that data, it will show the prices are going down. And so that's a, that's a price trend, that the price trend is going down. And so essentially what I do is 
is uh, use that data to buy and sell. Okay, now you oversimplified this, but we're going to dive deeper. Okay. I always see on Al's Instagram, Forex trading. Well, one, I wanted you to explain what exactly is Forex trading. Okay. And secondly, now Al is someone who I look at as a professional. He has his company, his clients and students, which are going to get into. But then I'll be scrolling and I'll see an InstaThought who one day was selling waist trainers and slimming tees. And then all of a sudden in her bio, she's a Forex trader. So can you help bridge the gap between those yeah, so so then of course that frustrates me. This is something I've been doing for 15 years now, and what you see, like this, the forex is an entire market, right? So there are governments, multinational organizations, banks, um, individuals, corporations, all trading money, like uh, ex- uh, bringing money back from overseas, and then you know whatever the the commerce is locally, they're transacting. And so it's it's money flowing all around every single day. And right now the Forex market is about $5 trillion a day. So it's $5 trillion a day moving around the world. And so uh, what you see is multi-level marketing companies, uh, which is AKA network marketing companies and uh, their business model, just like all the rest of the network marketing companies is, hey, you go get three more people, you get three more people, and it's kind of this recruiting thing. And you do see some people that are trading, but what what I have personally seen and the clients that have come to me from such network marketing companies, they have no idea what they're doing, right? And so this is a, this is a serious business, right? So we're talking about money, we're talking about finance, we're talking about trading your your capital that you worked hard for and you're trading against some of the best people in the world doing this. Right. Um, so they're not, they, they don't quite understand the risk associated with it and how to manage it. So it's not necessarily this risky thing. If you know how to manage it, it's like most things. If you know what you're doing, it's not necessarily risky. Um, so there are ways to limit that. But from what I've seen and what I've experienced is people just, they're, they're, they're not being educated about these things. And that's where you come into play. Right, right. You have a coaching arm of your business. Yeah, so the, the, the Black Print, uh, the, the New Rules for Winning Finance, Freedom, and Flexibility, it's a, it, essentially it's a book that I wrote six years ago, almost six years ago, and I married that with coaching. And the, the reason that I did it that way, and only the people who I the only people who can get the book is the people I coach. And because the way I saw things is that if the only reason you buy a self-help book is because you want to duplicate some of the success that the author may have had. And so what I want to do is be a very intentional and action and, and write a book of, that's actionable intelligence and then marry that with coaching to ensure that people get the success that they were looking for. Uh, so that's how that came about. And so I started coaching around that same time. And, you know, it's been phenomenal. I've seen people grow from it. I've grown from it. And it's a it's a freeing thing to especially especially right now. It's a free thing for people to know uh, that they can make no matter what the market is doing, you can make money when it's falling. You can make it when it's going up. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I originally got into it is because to me it's recession proof. The market is going to go up. They're going to go down. I'm personally financially not because I know what I'm doing is I'm not going to be affected, but I'm still affected because I have to take care of family who doesn't like who, 
you know, they don't do what I do. That brings me to the big elephant in the room. Like I said earlier, you seem unfazed about what the market's doing right now. And I know offline, we had a conversation about people knew that we weren't going to be in a bull market for, we were already in it for 11 years. And markets ebb and flow, whether it was Corona or something else. We didn't anticipate it happening like this, but what do you say to someone who's not a student of yours, who's freaking out? Unfortunately, and there's a human toll to what's happening with Corona, and there's a human toll to every economic downturn, right? Because people stress and so forth. But we have been expanding since 2009, right? And they, the feds pushed to get pushed to, they pumped the money into the economy and it just took off and it's been going ever since then. So you, what I tell people and I'm honest with them, I say, I mean, well, you know, you got to give to get, how long you think this thing going to go? Exactly. It's only so far it can go. And so if if it went up, if you gain 80% or 90%, then, you know, you've got, eventually the party's going to be over. Granted, even if I was a multi-billionaire, who wants to lose? But if you've been up, like you said, since 09, things are pretty good. It would have to be a substantially long time for us to be in this current situation. Because right now, people should be kind of like balancing out, right? If you manage properly or, or you have another. Uh, it, it depends. It depends because, you know, people were hurt. There were some people who were hurt so bad in 08 that they are, you know, I, I have talked to people individually that's like, man, I'm just coming out of it, right? And, you know, whatever their situation was. And so, but there are, were a lot of people who were very prosperous, you know, that though you know, that this past run, but this is a normal economic cycle. This was the longest bull run, uh, I want to say, in history, uh, if not the longest, one of the longest. And so I've been telling people, you know, I, I think I put out a video three years ago. I did put out a video three years ago, three years ago about five things to uh, survive the next recession, because it's a normal economic cycle. That's it's easy for me to say. Um, and it's a logical thing to me. But, you know, when it's people's personal, when they're dealing with these things personally, you know, logic kind of goes out the window. Well, why must we have recessions, you know? And it's very emotional. It can, can be. Yeah, for sure. I know some people want to hurry up and either buy at the quote unquote low stock price or some people are really freaked out. They want to pull all their money out. They need to put our cash underneath mattresses. What's your take on the frenzy with the markets right now? In, you've got, it depends on skill level. Right. And it depends on um, kind of where you are in the spectrum of, of that, really, because if you've got money in the, the majority and I hope when things like this happen, I hope that people take the initiative and say, you know what, I really need to learn what what my 401k is. There are a lot of people that don't know what it's invested in. And and then, you know, people will say, well, the stock market is risky. Well, do you realize that your 401k is invested all in the stock market for the most part. And so I, I hope that that edu- like that's uh, seeking that education happens from this kind of thing. Uh, for people that's in that space, if you don't know what to do with it next, then you probably, you probably are be- better to leave it, right? And because what, what are you gonna, when you take it out or whatever, if there are any penalties or whatever the case, but for the people who are looking to, okay, where can I, how can I buy bargains? I have, two specific metrics for this. And I have not seen, I'm not seeing a lot that I'm interested in. And, the, and two metrics is one, it's public information. You can go on Yahoo Finance, you can go on FinViz, 
Market.com and go on uh, Market Watch and look to see when the officers are buying. It tells you when the officers of these public companies are buying. It tells you when they're selling. And that's public information. So, you know, the, whole, the old adage is you follow the money, right? So you want to follow. That's one thing. And then number two is you want to, uh, if you don't, if you have not, this is a good time to learn how to read a balance sheet. And uh, you're just going on this public information. You're just going on there and you're looking to make sure this company has cash. Right. So those are my two metrics for right now for if it's time for me to buy a stock. Cause that's, that's going to be as objective as uh, you know, somebody who's not a professional at this. That's as objective as you can get is the money. So Al, what do you mean though, that what you're doing is recession proof? Um, so whether, I guess it was about, let's see, a month and a half ago. I don't know we were texting and we were like talking because we talked markets. My people that I've trained, they already knew. This is not a surprise. Like, so this is not a surprise from a technical standpoint. The market had the price action, right? The prices going up and down had already gave us the, the, the go ahead that this is, this is going to go lower, right? Uh, so that gives a person a certain level of confidence that, hey, I, I'm going to just follow the money. If the money is, you know, if there's money to be made as it falls, then you do that. And then you, you obviously, the majority of people know that you can make it going up, but you can also make it when it's falling. And so that's why I say recession proof is because, you know, as long as the market is moving, you're going to be able to, to generate income from it if you know what you do. As we know, the name of this podcast is Grit Happens. I hear all these awesome stories. Can you share maybe an instance where things didn't go quite as planned? How did you rebound and bounce back? Yeah, in the, in the markets that happens, we, we establish, like you establish a plan every single week of what, you know, what you're looking to do, right? But that doesn't mean that the plan is going to work out perfectly. And, but that's the purpose of having the plan of, hey, I, you know, if it reaches this certain point, um, uh, this is the, as much as I'm going to lose and you move on to the next thing. That's a frequent thing. Like that's, that's a normal thing. So um, there hasn't been anything that has shocked me in a crazy way as it relates to the markets. Um, yeah. Even, you know, from the start, there hasn't been a moment. Yeah. There hasn't been a moment where I was like, Oh, this is, this is because like yourself, like I have been very, that's the first thing is how can I, how can I mitigate risk? How can I manage my risk? How can I know exactly how much I'm going to lose if things don't, don't work out? And so that gives you that, that calmness. So is that when on Sundays, I know you post all the funny dancing memes. Is that the planning period? Yeah, that's a, like, I, I, I sent out a plan on Sunday evening. I just, it's just looking at the markets, looking at what they're doing technically, how they're, what's the structure and what, what the plan is for the upcoming week. And then, you know, waiting for waiting for things to materialize. That's a, that's that's why I spend a lot of things, a lot of time doing. Yeah, but in terms of other than that, I would probably say uh, when the housing market just was just it just got crazy, uh, seemingly overnight. Um, I had uh, employees. I was in a very very aggressive growth stage with my company when all of that started to started to happen. And uh, one of the things that happened that was like an old, old Brit moment <laughs> uh, was that the, the government, basically all of the traditional funding that you could get to help people finance their homes, it was just off the table. 
okay. you know, where we could do 100% fine, where people didn't have to put down a large down payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just pretty much off the table. And the government then, I didn't have government licensing, uh, which is it's called FHA. That's the, the, the Federal Housing uh, Authority. They uh, require that you have a certain amount of cash on hand in order to get licensing. And so from the, from the time, also the window that it would have took, taken me to get that license, things would just deteriorate, boom, boom, boom. So it was like, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> and so, you know, it's just one of those things where you, you, you have to calm yourself down and, you know, you start to look at partnerships that you can make and, 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 and really lean on the people who supported you from the jump. And that's all you can do. Are you still in real estate? No, zero. I love, I still love real estate, but there's a certain way I like, I particularly want to play it at this point. And I, and this is, however this may sound, um, I'm not the only one. So the people who bought in 2009 leading up, everybody has been, those people, whether it's commercial or residential, leading up to now have been cashing out the people who bought low. That makes sense. Like the people who have been buying the last, couple years have been cashing out the other people. So there's somebody, say for instance, there's somebody who bought at 100,000, they bought a house or building at 100,000. The bill, the price went up to 250. Somebody, oh, I don't want to miss, you know, and then somebody came in and bought it at 250, that person made their 150 and then, so I, I didn't want to overpay for any real estate. So I, I was hands off for all this time. So now I think we're going to move into another period where it's going to make sense where, okay, I can find something for 30, 40, 50% off because otherwise I don't want to play. Do you think you were shook from the FHA fiasco or you just think that what you're doing now is just, you like it? Uh, Both, both teach you a lesson. One that says, okay, you don't want, you don't ever want to be over leveraged in anything because anything can happen at any time. Right. So that's just risk management. Two, timing is very important. How you buying at the right time, buying at the right price is extremely important. Um, and then from a uh, what I do professionally on a day-to-day basis now, the, the deal has to be so sweet because, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at my laptop and I'm pressing a button. And, you know, it, it's work. Don't get me wrong. It's work. But for what I would have to do uh, on a real estate transaction, the, the work the ROI is just much better with what you're doing now. Yeah, it's got to be a it's got to be an amazing deal. Now, if you guys follow, there's like on the lower right hand corner, he does the screen share. I think with his clients, and there's these tips. I mean, you have to like join the black print to get all the backstory. But anyway, and I just see these numbers like a slot machine, ding 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 ding. So that's what he's referring to in terms of he's sitting at his computer, but he's working. It's, it's, it's interesting. I love having these conversations, you know, just with people. I was, I was on a call earlier and it's like, oh, you know, young lady, um, brand new this and never heard of the term foreign exchange. I was like, well, you do it every day. You know, you, you know, when you do a transaction, it flows right into the flow of money and that dollar is going somewhere. And, you know, when you do take a vacation to Europe, you know, that Euro and, and those transactions and the British pounds and the Japanese yen, that's foreign exchange. It is definitely one of those things where, um, you know, you you see the stories of people like, oh, you know, you just plug the numbers in and do this and do. It is not that simple. Okay, um, it's gonna if you're looking to what I do is teach people how to fish, and if you're looking to, it's a skill. So this is skill acquisition. This is not 
jackpot. Uh, you hit the lotto and every day is going to be, be a winning day. It just doesn't work like that. And if you're in a, in a situation where it's seeming like that, it's just a matter of time before you're going to have some real problems. He talked about all his intellectual. See, the thing is, we really don't know much about our personal life. Obviously, we hear an accent. Where are you from now? I'm from Memphis, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, originally born and raised. And, um, you know, that's home. That's home. I'm in, based in Houston, Texas now. Are you an only child? Uh, no, I have a sister. My sister with my mother. And then I've got uh, four other brothers uh, with my dad. Yeah. Now, this is called my fire round, okay? I'm going to ask you some questions. You just answer. Try not to <laughs> overthink. Okay. They'll be late today. All right. They'll be late. I mean, it's Rona. What's the last thing you bought on Amazon? Uh, a book. Mind sharing. Uh, you know what? The craziest thing I've been thinking about, I haven't received it yet. <laughs> I have not received it. It may have some... Yeah, I, I'm, it, you, I'm slipping. But I have not received the book, but I thought about it the other day. I was like, man, where is my book? And every time I get a package, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, my book finally came and it's something else. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, it was just a, a psychological book on trade. What was your biggest splurge purchase? Oh, biggest splurge purchase? That's a good question. I don't, uh, biggest splurge? Yes, it's a very, that's a, Am I putting you on blast? No, it's not. It's, it's not putting me on blast because everything else is a, uh, can you call a house? Of? That's a splurge, come on now, let's. I'm, 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 it's a legitimate question. Everything is relative. So someone may think, uh, expensive pair of shoes or a bag is a splurge, but Al just mentioned a piece of real estate as his splurge, which clearly the value exceeds the average Birkin. So, yeah, pray tell. Okay, all right. Yeah, that bought the first thing I bought when I was 22 was a, a five bedroom house, three five bedroom, three bath. And then, like, that was for family, but it was for family too, right? Like, it was for all of us. It's still that one very generous of you and I think that's awesome at only 22 years old that's amazing with anyone so yeah so I don't I don't think it's anything else that I can I'm just I mean looking around like what else we'll go with that we're gonna go with that what's your favorite adult beverage uh gin and tonic okay yeah gin and tonic. your biggest pet peeve biggest pet peeve oh loud people like why yeah why are you so loud yeah, why are you so loud? So when you're out at a restaurant, like you're out with someone and they're just loud for no reason, do you tell them, can you, is it because you're self-conscious and embarrassed or it's just like you too extra? Yes, yeah, it's, it's just too much for me. Yeah, well, we, we right here in front of each other. It was <laughs> All right, I, I was going to say, what books are you currently reading? It's the book that was supposed to come in the mail that... The one I just finished was, uh, well, well, you know what? Actually, a client just sent me this that I have not, I haven't started yet, but it's right here. It's called uh, Living with a Seal by Jesse Itzler. Yeah, so I just got this one. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. So I, I, that's next. What was the book? I think there was a former, maybe a mentee of yours, and she like gave you a shout out in the forward or something. I thought that was really nice. Uh, yeah, that was, um, that was Erica Williams book, man, I feel, feel bad. I can't rem remember the name. I've got it. Um, I've got it right here in front of me, but, uh, yeah. And, and I didn't know, I didn't know she was doing that. I didn't know she was put I, like, I'm reading it. And then I, there was this, uh, 
there was this um, a slip in the in the area where she mentioned me, and I was like, and there it was. So that that was shocking. It was a big surprise. Okay, the three most influential people in your life. Um, wow. Um, mom, dad, three, three, three. Wow. Third. It's the third one in your DMs. Huh? <laughs> 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 it threw me off. I know. Okay, fine. Maybe it's another, maybe it's another family member. I was trying to see who rounded out. Yeah. Um, out influential. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, my nephew. Really? How old is your nephew? Yeah. Yeah. He's 24. He's 24. Basically, I, I raised, I like had a big hand in, in uh, raising him from, he's 24 now. And so that started at four and a half. And so um, he's actually, I reference him in my book because he's a big part of my why, right? So like why you can't give up, why you, why you got to go to the next level. You got, you going to tell him did you quit? Yeah. You need a big why you need huge whys of why you, you know, doing whatever you're doing. So since I did kind of veer off, I'm going to go there and see how much Al's going to give us. Oh. Okay. So Mr. Al Pickett, that's his Instagram. I would say 85% of it is very on brand. He does an excellent job of branding himself with what he does professionally. And then maybe every 17 posts, he'll throw in like a thirst trap. What you call a thirst trap picture. So, you know, he'll be traveling. Uh, and then all of a sudden, there'll be like some beautiful beach. And then you'll see this like silhouette. Now, Al works out religiously. So, you know, I don't blame him. He should show off the curvature and what he's doing. So, Mr. Pickett, what's the craziest DM you've ever received? Uh... See, if the house is a splurge, you know this is going to be real good. Come on, like most of the time, the, 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 the thing is just, I just, if it's not business, I'm like, oh, okay, let me just keep it moving. What's the craziest DM? So you're telling me you don't. Look how you tried to switch that, switch that around. And in the, in the other side of it is, you know, I just try to, my, my uh, Instagram really is for business. And so I just try to keep that way, right? And like make sure that, um, so you understand the algorithms Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all these things have the algorithms. And so like, I'm just giving my giving my secrets away here. Yeah, I don't I think every business person knows this, but on Instagram, you know, post the memes and things like that. They need to be on brand. They need to say something. They need to be truly you. Right. Um, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's serious. It is what it is. Um, but then the Instagram algorithm and it just promotes pictures. So, you know, you got to throw a picture in there every now and again. Right. Because because people don't necessarily engage with people don't necessarily engage with like a business business pages. Right. Too much text. I mean, no matter how intelligent, nobody wants to see that, particularly on that. Topic. So you got to mix it up a little bit. OK, well, that was our response. We're going to let him ride with that. What would you tell yourself 10 years ago, the younger Al? Wow. 10 years ago. Man. Cause Al, you're only what thirty seven? Thirty nine. Thirty nine. No, thirty nine. Yeah. Wait, you when did you had a birthday? Yeah, January. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. birthday! Thank you. Um, ten years ago. When you were on the cusp of turning thirty, what would you have told yourself? Mm, I don't know. Probably, probably. I've been doing a good job. I think I've been doing a good job of living the way that I like to live. But um, probably just a little bit more adventure, you know. Um, yeah, probably a couple more crazy trips. Whereas, like, I haven't been, I've never been skiing. Like, my, my buddy Mark, who will probably watch this, like, I'm, he's been up in uh, 
uh, Denver for, for, for probably two years now. And I still haven't been to ski like that kind of stuff, like additional adventures outside of just uh, laying on the beach and, you know, that kind of thing. Yes, you definitely need to get your ski on. I mean, I'm a lot more grateful of things that I took for granted, like the ability to just like click a button, book a flight and leave whenever I feel like it. So this is April 2020. Let's just pray. What do you think? I mean, I'm hoping by June, maybe I'm too optimistic, we'll have a new normal. I don't think it's going to even out by the summer, but we'll just go out at your own risk. Or what are your thoughts? You know, this is a, in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this. So this is a tough one to, to I don't like to get into predicting, but this is a tough one to even think about, like what, what happens next. I do think economically, it's, it's not going to be the fastest recovery people thinking that, you know, oh, it's, things are going to be back to normal in August. I, I don't think that at all. Um, I think, you know, balance sheets, business balance sheets, personal uh, individual balance sheets are being tested right now. And they're going to be tested for the months, months coming. And so it's just going to take, it's going to take a little while for that, for the norm. And we'll probably have some new norms. This social distancing thing is probably going to be uh, something that sticks around. And then people are probably, People are going to be a little bit more careful about where they party, where they get their food from, um, all of those different things, and how much money they spend. Right. I feel like a lot of things that we should have been implementing anyway are now just going to be more in the forefront. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, everybody's having to face them, like, you know, face-to-face. Even, even if you – I think, for the most part, everybody's impacted, right? Because just – just uh, the curfew, the curfews, or the um, you know the uh, the the, the quarantines. The yeah, we can't even go. We can't go to the gym, right? I know there'll be no more thirst chopping pictures if we just keep eating the food. Yeah, you go. There you go. So um, yeah, I think that all of those things are gonna change and take a little bit more time than than people think. And we still don't know what this thing can morph into. Um, we haven't reached peak yet. And I, you know, I, I don't want to be the, the, I'm a, uh, I'm a tell it like it is kind of like, so I'm not trying to, to make this softer than what it is. We don't know what the peak is going to be on this thing. Right. So we still got a ways to go. We're not, we're not out of the woods until we out of the woods. That's what it comes down to. I'm just trying to be optimistic that some level will be lifted by the summer. We're definitely never, to me, going to return back to normal, but I'm open for a new normal. I think there's a lot of opportunity for small business owners. I'm actually excited. It kind of helps level the playing field. A lot of silver lining in this. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of opportunities going to be online, too. And, um, you know, the thing I've been sharing with business, like small business, like this is the time where you definitely should. Uh, I was talking to my dad about this. It's like, uh, he has restaurants and I was like, he, he was about to do a big ass fan and he asked me what I thought. And I was like, okay, your competitors are slowing up on their marketing right now. They're reducing their budget. So that's the last thing you want to do. You know, if you're going to do anything, dial it back a little bit, but keep it going because everybody has their phone and everybody's glued to the TV. They need to eat and they need to eat something delicious. We tired of eating the food in the fridge and all of that. So you got to keep it going, you know? Somebody needs what you have. Oh, so that that was your dad's restaurant and the picture you guys took is like a red door or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was family owned or you just like that place. Oh, so your whole family's entrepreneurial. 
it will on my on my dad's side for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you again, Al. Again, he you can find him online. Again, can you give your social media information, please? Uh, yeah. Thank you all for taking the time to listen, and uh, feel free to reach out. My uh, Instagram, uh, uh, Twitter, all of that is Mr. Al Pickett. M R A L P I C K E T T. Thanks again, Al. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to visit us at www.brithappens.com.